You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session 15. I know we kind of left you on a little bit of a cliffhanger, we'll say last week in terms of Michelle really um, sitting with some of the stuff that was coming up for her in these, these big decision she's maybe hasn't been looking at or avoiding. And so excited for you to dive in this week and hear how that um, unfolded for her. Also really, really excited for this week to remind you not only how important it is to go there and ask yourself those questions, but to be reminded that that doesn't always mean that, you know, this big sweeping change has to happen or that you have to burn down the business afterwards. I think, you know, For so many of us, that's why we avoid going there. And usually that's not always the outcome that comes from it. So really excited for you to listen and see what came up for Michelle. And I hope this session really serves you. Here we go. Hi, hi. We we made it through our tech challenges and we are here. We're thriving now. Thriving. (laughs) From surviving to thriving. (laughs) (laughs) How are you feeling? I'm good. Um, I'm also feeling a little like nervous today. I'm curious to see like where our conversation is going to go, but I feel better than I did in my like crisis mode last week. Um, and I feel like I've just had some really good like perspective shifts from like talking with some friends and like getting to really see this as like an opportunity to just like get clarity on all the things that I had been avoiding getting clarity mm-hmm. on. And so even just like, it's funny because I don't actually think that I like sat down with like my journal a whole lot necessarily, but I've definitely like used my shower time to be like, okay, girl, what are we going for? What do we want? Like, what what's do we our do? motivation? <laughs> it's like yeah. shower Just really want to touch on how important it is that Michelle really took that time to get clarity on all she's been avoiding. And you know how sometimes our brains can just make these wild swings, you know, and we just need the time to really process through that. So it's like last week, you know, there was part of her that was like, do I even want this business? Is this still my, you know, my ideal client and my message and all of these things. And, you know, this week she's kind of coming back being like, hell yeah, I still want this business. And those still are my people and all of that. And so, you know, I think it's just really beautiful to let ourselves be where we're at but also investigate that and take that time, you know, even if it's just a week to sit with that so that we're not making these big reactive choices or decisions or coming from a place of kind of big reaction to some tension that we're feeling, but really allowing ourselves to be where we're at, but not feel like we have to rush it ultimately gives us the most clarity as opposed to just that desire that we have sometimes, especially as high performers to just really take that big action. So really, really glad she did that and just want to give you permission to do the same if you're in a similar situation and remind you kind of like I said in the intro that it doesn't always mean this crazy, scary, uncharted outcome is coming afterwards. Sometimes it means that we learn a lot about ourselves and the little tweaks that we would have to make to feel really good moving forward. And that is so worth it. I think you'll hear that in the rest of this session is how worth it that time was and how much it's bringing up for her that gets to shift, but how none of those have to be big sweeping changes in the business either. And that has like, that's like felt good, even though there's still like the fear there of like, uncertainty and stuff. And um, like an example of this is, you know, we were talking about how like one of the things that I really want to do is like have like a baby moon where like Ori and I can just like go away. And like, I think this is part pandemic, but literally I've never spent a night away from Mila. Mm -hmm. And it's been three and a half years. And like, I think initially it was like, I was, I just like, wasn't ready for that. And I didn't Mm -hmm. want that. But I'm like, no. Someone now you're like, ready on it. <laughs> I mean, she like came to our room at four in the morning last night and it was very sweet. She just wants to cuddle with Ori, but I'm like, you can't let her in our bed because she's just going to keep coming back. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, ah. And then Ori called me this morning. He's like, you had a rough night last night. I was like, well, our child came in 
four in the morning and I woke up at whatever time to like pee and realize I'd fallen asleep with my earbud in my ears. So like I was just having a moment. <laughs> um, but anyways, so um, I don't remember where this was going. Oh, Not so yeah, baby away. moon. Yeah, yeah. And then you had been like, oh, like calculate like what that would cost. And I probably like grossly overestimated. But then I had this huge realization of like, I need to make like money to cover our basic expenses before yeah. we're like covering all the extra things. And even just like that conversation helped me get clear on like, what do we need to like cover our basic expenses from here until like fingers crossed or in my head or your salary is already increasing. That's done. Yeah, it's yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's so funny because like that's the difference between me being decided versus me being in like chaos mode of like, yeah, of course, or he's getting a job, like his salary is going to increase. We're going to be all good and provided for and all that. Um, but I was like, oh, I like literally we need like $15,000, I think is the number in addition to like his salary that currently comes in. And I already know we're going to get half of that back in taxes. And so I'm like, oh, that's like, <laughs> you know, two clients plus the like remainder of my current client payment. Like that's not too crazy. That's like a, like, a, like very doable in the mm-hmm. next, I don't know, five months or whatever. Um. And then I and then I was like, oh, and then everything else on top of that gets to be like the fun extra stuff. Um, and so even just like taking some time to like break it down that way, I was like, oh, this like isn't as crazy. And then there's the like fear in my head that's like, well, you know, what if this is the last client you're ever going to get and it like all stops tomorrow kind of thing, um, which like I know isn't true. Um, but it's still the voice is still there and it's probably always going to be there and so yeah so that like so that's kind of like the processing that I've been having I also for anyone listening from home I'm not quitting my business (laughs) I very much realize that I'm so committed to doing this work at least for now it feels really good and I like told Lacey I just want to do more um coaching like I want more clients I want more FaceTime with folks so um, working on putting together those like one-off call sessions and seeing how that goes. I think like whenever I introduce something like that, it starts to like confuse me with like stop the spiral calls because I'm like, oh, should I like be offering this like one-off session and like really like stair-stepping folks to the bigger packages? Like, because it would be pretty easy to just say to someone, hey, I've really loved our conversation today. Like if you found it helpful, would love to offer you a one-time session for 333. Like, does that feel supportive? And, like, I feel like that's a pretty easy yes or no. Like, even if you need, like, a night or two to think about it, you know whether you, like, need that or not versus, like, whether you want to commit to, like, 30 days or three months is, like, a whole different story. And something else that's been coming up for me, too, is, like, realizing, like, my potential clients are, like, really overwhelmed. That's part of why they show up in front of me. And so – and they're, like, at capacity with, like, decision fatigue and just feeling, like – everything is chaos and so like even if they like want support like the the energy of like making the decision around that is so hard for them that sometimes it's easier to just like be like oh well I'm just not going to think about this in the same way that I've been doing <laughs> my business right um and so I was like oh like how can I make this decision making process like even easier for them? Like, do I need to like feed it to them in like smaller micro steps? And I had a beautiful example of this on a client call the other day where the like clinic gave her like the full like IVF calendar and like all the meds. And they were like, you need to order them because we're starting them probably this weekend. And it was like this really like almost like rushed feeling process that's totally overwhelming when someone just throws all of that at you at once. And I literally told her, I was like, hey, get the big picture so you feel good about what's happening and then like ask them to literally baby step you through it because that's going to make it so much less overwhelming. And so I'm like, oh, do I need to be doing that for my clients too? Of like, here's the big picture of what working together looks and feels like, but like, let's baby step you through that. And I'd love to like know what your thoughts on that are. Yeah, totally. I mean, so I guess I just don't a bunch. No, that's okay. I was going to say I'll answer that and then let's circle back to kind of like the bigger picture stuff. But I think that I think that where they tie in together that I think is really helpful for you to see is I feel like there was a part of you for a while in business that was just like, no, nah, I really don't feel like excited to do anything else. And so even being yeah. at the point where it's like, oh, I'm excited to even offer one-off sessions, I think mm-hmm. is like 
really cool to just see how that can shift relatively quickly when we feel like, oh, I just want more of this thing. So I'll just do more of this to get it. And like, mm-hmm. I think that's really empowering, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, But ultimately, I think that anything else that they can say yes to is a win for you, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's when you're on maternity leave and they're saying yes to the course and then we're yeah. selling them, whether they say yes to a one-off session and then we're upselling them. Like I think any yes, an exchange of payment <laughs> gets you closer to longer term. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, for as sure. As long as the one-off session feels like it gets you more of what you want, which I feel mm-hmm. like it very much does because it's that more coaching time, then it makes sense to do it because it gets them closer and closer. It's just working them through a process. You know what I mean? So something that I just want to point out that you can think about strategically in your own business is that really any next step yes is a win for you in business, right? So it's why it makes sense for Michelle to think about offering these one-off calls because she really desires to be on more coaching calls. That was one of the big things that came up for her in the time that she was processing. And so one, it meets that need, which obviously is a huge part of why we're looking at all this. But two, it really puts her in a great position sales funnel wise because the client is saying yes to a thing with her and they're spending money with her. And anytime we say yes and spend money, we are more likely to do that again, statistically speaking, right? And so every piece of your sales funnel should be bringing them closer to the thing that you ultimately want, but it's okay if there are steps along the way. I think that so often we feel this pressure that it looks like just sell the big package or nothing. And we feel like any small step along the way almost takes away from that instead of leads to it. And I just always, always see it lead to it. If you can give them a great experience in that free call and then an amazing experience in that paid, um, you know, one-off session, the likelihood that they are more willing and ready to then invest in a long-term program, it's simply just higher. So look at that in your own business and your own funnel is like, are you creating those next step wins when you want to and when you desire to have more of that? Because ultimately that just gets you more sales, not less. Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like in my head where this is all ultimately going and like obviously like permission to change my mind, but like at some point, like with like one-on-one full and calls at capacity, like the course will really be the entry point into like working with me, having me in your corner, having the tools that I like teach my clients in like your possession, if you will. Right. And so then it will make sense to like promote calls to that audience of folks that are already doing the work. And so like, even if at some point I no longer have free calls, like I could easily upsell them to a 333 call and be like, hey, come digest like what you're learning here. And that would be an opportunity for them to go deeper, get some one-on-one support. And so it like kind of easily leads into that. Um, But I just haven't been there because I haven't sold the course at all, basically. (laughs) And I think it's been really good for me too to do all these free calls because I've obviously gotten more comfortable with like sales and like having these conversations with them and just like stepping into that like coaching um, vibe, if you will. So like it's it all like it all fits together, even though like I don't think I'm quite at like the iteration that's going to like pull me through for like longer term. I think what's important to see is that like our sales funnel can change based on the season of life Mm -hmm. or business that we're in. And so it's like, I mean, even just a few weeks ago, you were still in first trimester feeling relatively crappy most of the time. Yes, accurate. (laughs) And so you weren't as excited about having more calls or whatever. No, I like didn't even want to look at my phone because it made me – I couldn't even put mascara on because it made me nauseous. Like what a strange thing to get nauseous around. Right. So so it's kind of being like, okay, so it made sense that I wouldn't be offering a ton of those one-offs at that point because that didn't match up with my desire or whatever. And it's like, now I really desire to be on way more coaching calls and I want to have a lot more of them before I go on maternity leave. Cool. Then when I'm on maternity leave, the sales funnel changes again because I don't want to do as many one-off calls. I want them to come in through the course. And then 
after that, but it's like it still all is a funnel and it all leads to the same yep. place. But it's just like permission for that to change based on where you're at so that it actually is meeting you in the season with the desire you have as opposed to like trying to force yourself to sell a bunch of one-off calls in first trimester or, you know, yeah. whatever. It's just like good to see that like it can it can fit where you're at, you know? So this conversation we're having about your sales funnel changing based on your season of life or business is really, really important because I feel like as long as we're still leading to what we want most, it is not just helpful for those things to be able to change and evolve. It is absolutely imperative for us to feel good in our business. And so in seeing the transitions that Michelle has been through in terms of like having a a tough first trimester, you know, having a season where she wanted more spaciousness, coming out of it, having a season now where she feels like she's getting clarity that she wants a lot more calls. Like we don't have to make that wrong. We just have to adjust what we're doing to meet that desire, right? And so if you can see that as being strategic, you move the business forward so much faster. If you make yourself wrong in that and then try to do the thing that doesn't make sense, given where you're at in that season, you're going to feel frustrated and end up hitting a lot of walls. It's almost like when Michelle was kind of having that time of like, I want more clients, but I don't actually want to be on calls and how that was, you know, creating a lot of kind of back and forth tension. And it felt like, you know, harder to move forward from that place. That's what happens. So the more we can go, where am I at in this season of my life? What are my desires? And then how do I have a sales funnel that supports that is so crucial. Now, it doesn't mean that we're changing everything and now she's a group program or she's not trying to fill her one-on-one. It's just how are we having things lead to what she ultimately wants most that supports the season she's in. So look at that in your own business and make sure you're looking at it from that holistic perspective and then also giving yourself permission to really make those changes when you need to. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, that's like how you take something that feels like at some point it could get like boring, but keeps it interesting, exciting. Cause like the life seasons are always changing. And so like what feels good right now might not feel good six months from now, but it gets to like change and evolve. Cause I think my like, my like impending doom fear with my business for the longest time has been like, what if I commit to this business and then I like hate it? Which is so funny that last week we were literally having the conversation of like, do you even like your business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and so it just had the opportunity to be like, oh, no, wait, I actually do like my business. And then I also remind myself like you had a 10-year career in higher ed and that wasn't all like rainbows and sunshines like 24-7 and you still found ways to like love it and like be in it and all of that too. So like, um, like I have a lot more longevity than I like. I think gave myself credit for and still give myself credit for sometimes. Um, and so just being like also recognizing that I have the ability to like change. And if I do want to like blow up my business someday, like I can. And also I'll do it from a place of like deep integrity and not from like, I'm just pissed off at my business today and that's the end. Totally. Or not from a place of, cause we talked about this last week, but you know, like almost I'm having a reaction to something. Yeah. Versus yeah. like I'm actually moving towards something else. Like those are different yes. things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be like because I've made a very intentional decision that it's like time to move on and not just like a you done the end. A hundred percent. Exactly. I think that um, yeah, and and like you said, it's not only what can keep it exciting, but I think it's also what continues to remind you, which I think is something we're just gonna keep working on, that you're at the creation of it. Yes. Right? Like, oh, me yep. getting to like decide and change my mind. Like, it's like, I am not like the to-do task list rabbit or whatever, yeah. right? I am the CEO that's like, yes, we're going to sell one-off sessions now. No, we're going to sell the course now. Like, just keeps putting you back in that powerful seat there too, which is obviously what creates some of the motivation and excitement. Yeah, for sure. And I think like, there's just like a part of me that's like, you know, fearful of like, okay, I'm committing to selling these like one-off sessions and like that feels really good. And then like, you know, like nobody buys kind of thing. And it's like, again, the energy of like putting into, and like I learned something each time there's like a place for it. I have sold one-off sessions before. So it's it's just like, that's where my brain likes to go and like be. 
what is the actual fear there? Is it like the disappointment? Is it like the fact that you will have done work that didn't pay off? Like what's the actual thing? <laughs> Honestly, like I don't even know. Maybe it's the disappointment at this like point. Maybe it's like the feeling of it like not working even though that's like such a micro piece of it. Like I don't even like I don't even know. Yeah, like I don't know what's so scary about that. Like if I like put these sessions out there and no one buys them, then I'm just back at zero. I think I like want to feel like my business is working so badly, which is like funny because like it's already working. Like I already have clients. Like I've had consistent clients for like two years now and they keep paying me more and more as time goes on. So like clearly it is working, but I'm like measuring it against like some number out here and not like staying present with, which again is another conversation that I have with my fertility clients literally all the time about staying present and not being down the what if rabbit holes like six months down the road. Um, so I think that's the story in my brain that I'm like trying to unravel is like it already is working and it gets to keep working like more and more as opposed to it's not working until we hit X like place or milestone or like I can just like post about these one-off sessions and like they all just sell out kind of thing. Something that comes up for me because I was trying to think of like how do I think about this that would be like a helpful mm. translation and I I think like it's helpful to think about like that's just not possible because I wouldn't stop. Mm. Like, like it's not like there's a oh, time like limit Oh, like you would always these. move the marker like out further, you mean? Oh, no. Like I just wouldn't stop selling one-off sessions until I sold some. Mm. Oh, 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 I see. Okay. Right? Like there's no deadline on that. So it's yeah. almost like I think it, it's almost just like wiping out the like possibility that they don't sell because all you're really saying with that is that there's a timeline like you're mentioning. Yes. Yeah. But okay. like if if it's like it's always in my control cuz I won't stop. Mm. Mm. Then I think that almost like moves your timeline forward and you're just more likely to show up for it where I think when again it's it's so funny cuz it continues to be that theme of like like where are you the creator versus where are you surrendering but it's like yeah. surrendering the timeline but not the outcome. Yeah. Right? And that's totally different. And again, I think that's what you've had to do in infertility is be very locked into the outcome, very surrendered to the timeline, right? So I just cannot reinforce this enough, this idea of surrender timelines, not outcomes, and how crucial that is. I think that this tension of where do I surrender versus where do I feel like it's in my control can be really, really hard for all of us to master. Um, I think we were talking about that quite a bit last week um, in talking about how sometimes it's hard for our brains to hold that dichotomy, but it's so important. And this is, I think, just a more clear way that we can hold that is because we know we're surrendering a timeline, but we're not surrendering an outcome. So what I always say is there's kind of like two levels of detachment. One is like, fuck it, I don't care. And that's like when you're surrendering an outcome. And like, listen, sometimes that can work and help you get into that place of feeling like less intensity and less pressure. But the second level of detachment that I think we all want to strive for is that idea of I'm so locked into this outcome, I don't care when or how it happens, right? And so that's what we're applying to her one-off sessions here. It's not about do they sell, it's about surrendering the timeline on that, but being so locked into the outcome of like these sell. Does that make sense? I think that that piece is so crucial in being able to hold the both and there of the practical and the magic of the action and the mindset. And so just remember that piece, surrender timelines, not outcomes. Stay very locked in on your outcome and very open to how the timeline flows and watch how much easier it gets. And also sometimes how much faster the timeline gets, ironically. Yep. And again, another conversation that I have with my clients literally all the time. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's the thing with the sessions is like, yeah, t whatever. It can be next week or it can be two months from now, but like those are selling. But ultimately those are selling because you're not going to stop selling them until they sell, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's also the reminder too for my brain of like, because 
you know, in my head, I'm like, well, but I'm only selling them up until this point, And then we're switching into selling the course in like mid-May or whatever. But like recognizing that that's from my choice, not because yeah. the sessions didn't sell. Like if I wanted to just keep selling the sessions and get really good at selling these one-off sessions, I could keep doing that. But at this point, we've chosen to pivot in mid-May because that's what makes sense for the season of life that I'm about to enter. Or, and I know you're going to hate this one, but hear me out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're going to hate it because I'm on maternity leave is what I was teasing you about. But oh, yes. you could just change your mind in May if you wanted to, too. Oh, yeah. That's true, too. Right? Like, if, if say, you are selling these and it's, like, working, like, freaking amazing or whatever, yeah. like, you pre-sell some for post-maternity leave or you do, but, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's just, like, feeling like I always trust myself to make the best decision for my business. At this point, it seems like the course is the best decision in May and I yeah. trust that I'll decide at that time. Yeah. I the other thing that just came to me that I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. I feel like I have a lot of like uncertainty trauma around the workplace because I literally worked in a work environment for six years where like we would get really excited about something, we would put it into motion, we would start moving forward on it, and literally like <laughs> something major would shift. Like mm. I don't think like six months went by where like there wasn't like a structural change in leadership or like a mm -hmm. new direction in what we were doing. And it was just constant whiplash. And so it was like, what is the point of even trying something? Because literally two seconds later, we're like on a totally different path. And like, sometimes we were able to like readjust what we were doing to like fit this new path. But sometimes it was like, you know, like, at one point, I, like, stopped working with a group that I had been working for for years. And it was just, like, today you advise them, tomorrow you don't kind of thing. And it was, like, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, and so I'm realizing, like, oh, that's why there's, like, this, like, weird fear around me, like, implementing mm -hmm. because I'm so scared that there's going to be this crazy thing that comes through and changes. But, like, being able to remind myself, like, no, now it's just me. Like, <laughs> I am the sweeping change and I don't have to do that to myself, nor do I do that to myself. But that like, just like what I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. For sure. I mean, what comes up for me there is exactly what we've been playing with, which is like, it just was reinforcing that idea that like, you're not in control. Like you can show up and do all the things and it doesn't fucking matter. Yep. And that right? was literally my lived experience for yeah. the last six years in my nine to five. Yeah, totally. That and that it's so funny because what we talked about last week too is how your experience was also that like you never had to make the money. Yeah. So it's like I didn't have to make the money, but then when I would go to work to make money, it yeah. felt like it was totally out of my control. So it's like all of those things that are so kind of like fundamental to building the business of like feeling like it's in your control, feeling connected to yeah. the money, whatever just like weren't part of the experience at all. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny because like the only thing that like felt consistent was like the paycheck showing up every other week at my job. And then I like, to some extent, like I didn't start the business to like have consistency and control, but like that was something that the business gave me because when I started it, I knew that like I got to do everything in it and how it worked. And there wasn't anyone that was going to come through and be like, you can't do this. I did always right. have this underlying fear, though. Like, someone was going to be like, you must shut this down, right? But otherwise, like, I, I was in control of the business, yeah, you yeah. know? So, but I was worried about, like, the competingness between, like, my 9 to 5 and my business and all that. But otherwise, I was the one calling the shots there. So, yeah. Oh, that, like, feels, like, so, like, duh, of course. <laughs> and And it's, like, it's not an irrational fear because, like, that was my lived experience for, sure. for so long, right? And my body was, like, not okay with that. But I'm also, like, that's why I can't, like, name, like, what the fear is of, like, yeah. this thing not selling because it's that exhaustion of, like, I've just done this so many times that I, like, feel so hands in the air about it. It's also, like, really true that, like, so – what I hear from entrepreneurs sometimes – this is going to seem random, but I promise they'll tie it back. But what I hear from entrepreneurs sometimes you. is they'll be, like – you know, oh, I like I changed this and I changed this and then I asked my VA to do this and um like da da and then like if the VA kind of like pushes back or asks a 
asks the question, they're super frustrated and they're like, mm. well, they're getting paid for that time. What's the problem? And it's like, because nobody wants to do work that doesn't matter. That's the problem. Like, even right. if you're getting paid for it, mm-hmm. like, it's really hard to like build a whole thing and then see it go nowhere, like, no matter if you got paid for that time or not. And so I feel like that's almost the fear that we're talking about here is this yeah. idea of like, at your nine to five, it was like, there were these big work projects that like you could never got the chance to be like, oh, it it won't stop because I won't stop. It just had to stop. <laughs> yep. And it was right? like almost mm-hmm. always labeled as like failure, but I was like, we're not giving anything long enough to like <sighs> succeed, right? Yeah. Like, it was like, if it doesn't happen on this three month or six month timeline, then like clearly it's not working. And it's like, we, but like, we didn't even give it time to like take hold. Yeah. So yeah, and at some point we like couldn't even document like our systems or our procedures because they were literally changing so often that I'm like, it just even doesn't even make sense because they're like, why is nothing documented? And I'm like, it changes every two months. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a waste of our time. <laughs> because we would just spend all of our time redocumenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like trying to figure out what the new process is when it's like it just doesn't matter until you get there at this point. Um, yeah. But yeah, but that's um, – it's interesting too, the, the VA piece because like um, – my VA only works like once or twice a week. She's like a former student that I hired who's like, I love her so much. She's amazing. Um, and it's really nice because it like makes it so like literally nothing can be an emergency. Um, and I'm just like, okay, if I haven't heard from her in a week, then she probably missed whatever I sent her because I know she checks in once or twice a week. But right, otherwise, right. like mm-hmm. I get to just like send her stuff. And so I was just like, oh, that like feels really good knowing like – it's not tomorrow. Nothing is tomorrow. Yeah. And and also just, I think, you know, knowing that like combined with some of the workplace uncertainty stuff, you also had that for so long in IVF. And so I think like mm-hmm. a lot of this is just you being reminded of the power you have here. Right? This aha moment that Michelle is having about that workplace uncertainty um, that she was having that kind of kept reiterating to her that she wasn't in control is so valuable and important because now we know why that's feeling so present for her, right? Like I'm sure it's other things too. Like we're saying she's had to deal with a lot of uncertainty in IVF as well, but basically it's just clear for us that there were things that reinforced for her your actions don't matter. They don't get you more of what you want. That's a totally separate thing. And so the more we can look at the stories behind it, the more we can shift those. And often the more we can see how ridiculous it is that we're telling ourselves that story, which is so helpful. Like Michelle can see like, well, how my workplace operated was actually ridiculous. And I don't want that to be how I operate now. And so it helps her shift that more and more because it doesn't feel like a universal truth anymore. It feels like, oh, that's coming from my old work environment that I don't even like or subscribe to. So knowing where your stories are coming from can be so helpful because of that. Um, But it's also just that chance for her to see how she has so much opportunity here to reclaim her power in terms of connecting what she's doing and how she's showing up to what she wants and feeling that empowerment. I truly believe that is everything in entrepreneurship is being able to stand in our power and feel really empowered because it really is all on us, which is kind of like the benefit and the curse of entrepreneurship. But until we really take that in and see that it's truth, it's so hard to actually use that power to our advantage. And I think Michelle making that shift here is going to be huge. And so just checking in with yourself, where are your stories coming from? And is there a way to look at that so that it feels less like this big giant truth and more like, oh, I can see where that came from and I don't choose that. And then also looking at how powerful do you feel in your business? Is that connected for you? Because if it's not, I promise that is such an opportunity to make a giant shift in terms of how you show up in your business and the results that you ultimately get from it. It's like my opportunity to reclaim that in this process. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. That makes so much sense. Because it's like, when we talk about it, I'm like, it's not unfamiliar. Like, I know that I have this ability, but it makes sense that like, 
I would have been through these like two really big hard seasons and that that would feel a lot shakier, right, Mm -hmm. than if I hadn't had those two experiences. Um, And that's why it's so helpful to, you know, keep going back to like, what do I desire? How do I go get it? Instead of almost that idea of like, how do I get more accountability or something like that? Because that's what keeps you in that pattern of like, it's on someone else, not on me kind of thing. But going back to that place of like, oh, I'm like, I can meet my own needs. Like I'm here to do that. Like that's where you reclaim it, right? Yeah, for sure. And like I get to meet them through like the really practical things and through like the really big things too. And that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about the NFT combo or like combo that you had with Sabrina today because Mm. it was just like a reminder of like how you get to like just do the things and it's okay if it's like a little bit crazy. Like when I was making my (laughs) list of like – like when I was making my list of like how what are ways that I could like bring in fifteen thousand dollars to like yeah. cover our base expenses so that I have like extra to play with, right? Um, and so it was like the normal combo of like I could sell X number of client spots and like tax money and whatever. And then one of the things that I wrote down was when the HGTV Dream Home giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> Which you're going to laugh at me, but like I enter that thing like every time it starts showing up in my inbox. And I've always been nervous about winning it because I was like, but like, how are you supposed to pay property taxes on these houses? And so like, I don't know, maybe six months ago, I like Googled like, what do people do when they win the HGTV dream home? And I found out that most people just take the money, pay taxes out of it, and then keep like the cash because it's more practical. And I was like, oh, I could totally do that. So now I'm like, yes, I'm ready to win the dream home. Come on, HGTV. Yeah. But I think what's helpful to see there is like you would still have to do a thing. You would still have to enter. You would still – right? You know what I mean? Yes. But like it gets to be like I'm going to sell, you know, one-off sessions and also I'm just going to enter this thing and feel really good about what I would do if I won it. So, yeah. Very cool. I'm going to win it someday. That's my new thing. Yeah. That'll be really fun to pull this podcast when you win and be like, remember when <laughs> Michelle said, uh-huh. <laughs> when I told you that I was going to win the HGTV Dream Home someday. Yeah, apparently you get like a trip there and you get to like stay in the house. There's like a personal chef. Like there's like a whole situation. I was like, oh, this sounds really There's fun. your baby moon. <laughs> <laughs> there's like baby moon. <laughs> so, so anyways. So tell me on that note, like, you know, we had talked about like it kind of feeling <laughs> not exciting to almost think about covering some of those baseline things? Like what what are you feeling about that now? Um. Well, I like there's a part of me that realized like this is necessary if I want the extras. <laughs> like covering yeah. the baseline things means that I get the extras. And I also realized that there's like small things in there too that I really enjoy that I like get by covering the that are included as part of the baseline. So right. mm-hmm. even things like sending Mila to daycare, although, spoiler alert, she's currently upstairs. I gave her her iPad and was like, just stay in your room for an hour, okay? <laughs> and she was like, okay, mom, I can do it. <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe she'll make an appearance. Who knows? Fingers crossed that the iPad is the she's thing that keeps this. her there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, that's my no fucks parenting that I'm <laughs> doing today. <laughs> um, but... um. Yeah, like things like being able to send her to daycare and like having time to like work on my business and like in a way that like feels really good to me or like, you know, not feeling guilty about like stopping to grab like a cup of coffee before like getting my eyebrows waxed. Like things that are like really simple, like basic things, but like I could save money by like plucking my own eyebrows and I did Mm -hmm. for like, you know, a year and a half of this pandemic and then I was like, these need love. But I, like, get joy from, like, having those moments, having interactions with other humans. And it was, like, what? I don't know. Like, I had, like, the best morning last Thursday and literally, like, picked up groceries, got my eyebrows done, like, grabbed coffee. It wasn't anything, like, super crazy, but it was, like, just such a good day. And so, like, covering our basic expenses means that I get to have days like that. Um and that I don't have to like go look for another job and be miserable yeah. in a nine to five. And so, um, yeah, even just like realizing it could be that simple, that it didn't have to be like some profound like why behind each thing totally. that we spend money on. Nor do I really, I think, want to get that micro into the things that we're like, because yep. mm-hmm. I can also get really nitpicky too. 
Um, and something else that I realized too is like I've been spending all this time like kind of obsessing over like I like I've always felt like I've had just like just enough, but I like really desire more than enough. But like literally when I look at our like budgeting app that we use, it like tells me like what the balance is between like what's been like accounted slash spent and like what's available. And the number's always been positive, which means that we've always had more than enough. But because the number's like usually like diminishing, yeah, yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. we don't have enough. The number's gonna like disappear and go to zero. But like, I've never looked at that balance and seen a negative number. And like, it always replenishes itself. It just does it in like really crazy waves. It'll be like 10K shows up and then we diminish it. And then like, you know, whatever shows up again and then we diminish it. And so um, like even just like being like, wait, brain, here we are telling ourselves a story of like, there's not enough, but there's always more than enough. And it gets to be even more than that if that's what I desire, which I totally do desire. I'm like, yeah. we're too close to the edge for me. I think something that comes up for me there is that like, you know – there's this way where we've like formulated our non-negotiables and we don't even realize like for you, yeah. it, like it's like a non-negotiable to be able to like get the, the sandwich you want or to go grab a coffee or to like get your eyebrows done if you mm-hmm. want to, or to send me like a daycare or whatever. And so like yep. that doesn't necessarily almost feel like abundance because it feels like a baseline. Like you can't yep. possibly imagine not having that. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's almost like how do you raise the baseline then too, right? Of like, mm-hmm. I can't possibly imagine not having below this, but also being really, really conscious of the fact that like that's still above many other people's baseline. Like their baseline yep. might be like always being negative in their account or whatever. Do yep. you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And recognizing like that's one baseline I set and I can set a new baseline and continue yep. to do that. Um, right. Like you might get to a point where you can't imagine ever making less than 20K a month in your business or whatever, but it's just like that that differs and you just have to keep yeah. resetting that. But like right now it's like you want to see your job as resetting it instead of like seeing your job as like dealing with it almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think this conversation that we're having about baselines is so important and so interesting to look at. And it's really interesting to look at what we absolutely fundamentally are okay with or not are okay with or what would be okay for us or wouldn't be. You know, some people might be hearing Michelle talk about like going to get coffee and getting her eyebrows done and all of that and be like, oh my God, that's like total abundance. I can't imagine that being my baseline. Like that would be incredible. And some people might hear that and think like, that's totally not my baseline at all. Like, of course I would have to be able to do that, right? So it's just like really helpful to see that it's so self-constructed. It's so much based on like our experiences and beliefs, not necessarily what is always the most true for us. It's like how Michelle was saying, you know, she has never had her account dip below or something like that, where someone else might be really comfortable with their account dipping below a lot. But it's just noticing that we are the ones that tend to set that baseline from our beliefs, our experience, the evidence we've built, all of that kind of stuff. But what's amazing about that is we can also spend time resetting that and growing that over time. And that's why it's so important for us to keep looking at this and for Michelle to keep looking at this. When she's avoiding it, right? Of course the baseline's not changing, (laughs) you know? When she's really looking at it and intentionally doing the mindset work, to find that reset and to lean more into what she wants and to cultivate the beliefs that help her do that, it's amazing what can happen from there. So just look at that. Like, where is your own baseline? Like for you, it might be, I would never not fly first class. Or, you know, for someone else, it might be like, I would never not get coffee every day. Like, it doesn't really matter. It just matters if it's aligning to what you want most. So making sure you really pay attention to what you're reinforcing with that. And instead of like avoiding looking at that money stuff, really going deep into it and making sure that's a consistent part of your mindset work. Yeah. Well, and like, I think there's the piece too, where I'm like, if I like let myself play into like the scarcity fear around like, Ooh, but like, we're so close. Like, I don't know that it's enough. That's literally going to happen at whatever baseline I set. And so I'm like, well, here's a great opportunity for me to like practice abundance in this space that I'm currently in. And that gets to then translate to being able to do that in any space that I'm in. Um, 
because yeah, like even as I've been thinking about like, oh, like, you know, or you getting this new job and like his like salary, like significantly increasing, like our expenses are going to increase too. Like we're going to have a second kid. Like we uh, are going to start paying like more on student loans. So it's like, even just those two things are like, oh, that's going to significantly change like how our budget looks. So if I'm like freaking out now, I could just freak out then too. You know, like there's always opportunity to freak out. And that's and not it could how feel I like he's like life. drastically increasing his um, salary, but you're still at the same baseline. Right. Of like, well, I can go get coffee and we can do daycare and da-da-da-da, but we can't do a baby moon or whatever. Like yep. you could like keep reinforcing that almost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not that, like, the baseline always has to expand to, like, meet the income, but, like, just recognizing, like, it always gets to be available to me. Like, it's yeah, it's all available. And so, like, what do I really want there? And, uh, you know, to give you a little bit of a hard time, continuing to look at what you really want there instead of yes. the avoidance of it yes. because that's how you don't reset it. <laughs> yes. This is what you're for, Lacey. <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. It's like continuing to come back to that because, again, all the business stuff matters and is important, but these bigger things, like, you know, what we were even talking through in Basecamp is like, if I don't feel excited to meet the baseline things, I might not feel excited to get a client. Like, those offset each other. So it's like the more you're finding ways to be excited, look at this, reset that baseline, get committed, see it as in your power, like the more everything in the business changes too, right? Yeah. And I think I've also had this like moment of realization too, like obviously like Mila's home today. She got exposed again, like just another day and like mom life at daycare. We had a full week last week. It was a miracle. It's so crazy um, that you had a full week even, right? Mm. Yeah. And I feel like I've actually gotten a couple, like a couple of full weeks. So like, <laughs> crazy. But I have friends who like literally last week was their only full week in 2022, which Uh. is just like mind-blowingly insane. But anyways, um, like I feel like in the past when this has happened, I've been like, oh, this means like my business is going to fall apart. And at this point, I like I don't know if I'm just like in zero fucks mode or whatever, but I'm like, no, like we still get to make money. Maybe it won't come through the business. Maybe it will. Who the fuck cares? (laughs) Like, like, you know, and just like remembering too that like Because I I think I have been putting so much pressure on my business of like, it has to come through the business. And I'm like, you know what? If our expenses are covered, I mean, I'd prefer no more like car accidents and insurance payouts universe. Hi. Um, But like, who who cares? Like, as long as we're good, like who cares? And so, and then I get to like keep showing up and doing the things in the business, obviously, but like. It doesn't mean that, like, Mila being home has to be, like, some major setback for, like, never making money again kind of thing. Exactly. And I think, like, remember that week where, like, she was home, I think, for most of the week and then you got, like, a shit ton of stuff done on a Friday? No, but I believe it. (laughs) Or maybe it was, like, when you lost power for most of the week. But whatever. It was, like, you had a week where you almost, like, couldn't work Monday through Thursday and then you did a ton of stuff on Friday. This is, like, like, vaguely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah familiar. Um, But like, I think it's just that kind of stuff where it's like, just because it doesn't look how I think it should look, it doesn't mean that I still don't show up for my part. And that's like that shift that you have to give yourself credit for. Yeah. And I think too, something that's been really helpful for me that I feel like is helpful in like all aspects of our life has also been like compartmentalizing. Like I think in the past when she's been home with me, I've like been trying to work and be present for her and whatever. And so like, you know, like even being more intentional about that, like right now is your screen time and right now is my screen time and we're going to like do that thing. And then like after lunch today, like we put all of our devices away and just like did whatever she wanted for like 30 or 45 minutes or whatever, which like for me is like not the most like fun or exciting, but it is fun to spend time with her and to like get her off her screen, right? Yeah. And just like see what she gravitates towards. And like we ran into our neighbors from the porch and like said hi to them and um, like I know that this afternoon, like I have time set aside to like, we're going to go outside and we're going to like play with like the bike or like whatever chalk. Um, and so just like also giving myself permission to like not try to do it all at once, but like yeah. be like, okay, now's the time to work. Now is not the time to work. Cause then if I'm like always trying to work, then I'm never present with her. And if I'm like never present with her, then like I'm like, I'm like in too many places and I'm like, 
oh, this took me this many times, but like here we are. I'm starting to figure this out. Okay, cool. It's it's like what we were talking about last week almost where it's like, you know, when my when my desires aren't aligned or when I'm not making that choice, it all feels messy. And I think that's what you're yep. saying. They're like even on that very, very, very micro, like on a Tuesday at what do we do after lunch kind of scale. It's like yep. if I'm being really intentional about like what we do is put away our devices and we do this, then like I'm going to really be able to back myself on that. If I'm like half trying to do both, I'm wrong no matter what. Mm. Yep. And if I'm only operating from like, well, this is how I should be parenting right, right now, then I'm, it's always going to feel terrible even if it's like the quote unquote right thing to do because it's not the right thing for me or for her. You know, like yep. – And so like being able to like balance all of those pieces too. And like that's true in the business too, right? hundred percent. So those are my like revelations that I've had. So I think like the (laughs) big one is the first one. And you tell me if this feels true, but like first one is like stop avoiding it and keep looking at this stuff. Right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Because when I look at it, I get the clarity. And when I have the clarity, it's easier to run at the thing. It's like Last week, it Mm -hmm. felt like maybe I hate the business. Maybe I don't. Maybe I want to change it. Maybe I don't. Now you're like, I really like it. I just want one-off sessions. But it was like it took like the looking at it, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, and like knowing that like things will come up. Like the reason I got the idea for the one-off sessions was because I was going through old posts, which I've been like repurposing with my VA. And like I had a post last year where I was like celebrating Thrivey's birthday and I did all these like free calls and that was the first time I had really offered like free calls on mass like that. And I was like, well, I already do free calls, but like it'd be fun to like do something for a birthday celebration. So I was like, oh, I could offer one-off sessions and that would get me like more like client time and like more call time. And it's funny too because I feel like there was a time last year where I was like, I don't know if I want more calls because we were. I was like so worried yeah. about like the spaciousness, and now I'm like, no, I want more calls. Like, please give me clients. Yeah, and that's again, that's just what makes all this worth it. Is like now you're like, wait, no, I'm very clear that I want the calls, and I'm very clear that there's a path there, and I'm very clear that I will show up for it. And like when all of that starts aligning, it's hard for it not to come to fruition. When all of that is kind of like wonky and like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's just way harder to like show up for it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then like also just having the reminder of like, if I start booking all these calls and then I'm like, I don't want any more calls anymore, I can literally cut them off. <laughs> I can yep. just be like, you get to pick. We're mm-hmm. done. <laughs> We're all done. No more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And I think it's, it'll just take like a couple of like rounds of like playing in that and doing that and being like, oh yeah, like I am actually in control here. And again, we were talking about earlier with the like nine to five trauma of like, oh no, I'm still the one in control. See, look at that. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm still the one calling the shots here. And like, yes, life will like dictate some of that and change, but like I'm at choice in all of that. Yep. And I think, you know, the the work that you were saying earlier, like it doesn't always have to be I sit down with a journal, but am I like connecting back? to this stuff more often, whether it's like in the shower or whatever, like, am I just coming back here? Because you can see how much better you feel when you do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And so that's just the thing to keep coming back to like, what do, what do I want? What am I saying I want? Am I showing up for what I want? Like, and are all of those things coming together? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And like, even asking myself when like, you know, things don't like feel good. Like what's the opportunity here for me or like what's the lesson or the thing that I can pull from this? And that's always been like a really helpful guiding question for me. And so like, oh, like I, it would be helpful if I had clarity on X, Y, and Z or like if I revisited like what I'm working towards or whatever. But it's just even nice knowing like, okay, my like money goal is like $15,000 for the next like five months or whatever. And then everything gets to be excess on top of that. Like, how great is that? So, yeah, even that clarity, right? Because, you know, money flows where it has a purpose. (laughs) Yep. So when you have that intent behind it, it's kind of amazing what can happen. But when it feels like some arbitrary thing that you have no idea about, it's like really hard to land the plane. Something that I absolutely personally believe is so, so, so true and just see it all the time with clients is that money flows where it has a purpose, right? So that's why that conversation last week started of like, 
do you even know what this is for? Do you know what the money from the business is going to do for you? Because in my experience and opinion, it is so much more likely that it comes in when we're clear on that. And so the fact that Michelle took the time to get more clear on that purpose, to know what that number is, to actually look at it is so huge because now it completely makes sense that right after that, she had this idea for one-off sessions and now she's wanting to run at it because it feels like, oh, that money specifically would flow into this and then let me do this and this. And it really gets us that motivation and excitement. Again, it doesn't always have to be about money, but obviously business in many ways is about growing and making money. And so having purpose behind that, I think is so beautiful. I usually see it happen in exactly that way. It's not the other way around. I was just having this conversation with a client this morning. Like, it's not like we create all of this money and then we have to figure out what to do with it. I think it rarely happens like that. What I typically see happen is that we create a lot of purpose behind it and then money flows in to match that. Again, I'm not saying it's 100% of the time, but I've been doing this long enough to see that money flows where it has a purpose is a very, very, very true and real concept. And so just wanted to invite you to look at that in your own business. Like, are you kind of waiting for the money to show up and in the meantime, sort of avoiding looking at it? Or are you very clear on where its purpose is? And so then are doing the mindset and actions to draw it in. I promise you the later is going to get you so much more results, excitement, motivation in your business. And so really see what that looks like and feels like for you this week and make sure you're creating that purpose for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So Love it. yeah. And then my goal is to like stay on top of like, this is doable. Like and just like continue to like remind myself and check in on like what's coming up that says like you can't do this or this can't happen or whatever and like clearing that basically. I th- Like I think just to give you like a slight shift on that, I think what mm-hmm. I feel like would be the most helpful for you to believe is that my actions mm. create what I want. Mm. Yep. Okay. Right. Because I think when your brain goes to this is doable is when it goes to that like – almost like magic place. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And then it's like, it can happen, but it's not in my control kind of thing. Yeah. Like it can, but like something crazy, miraculous would have to happen to send it to me or whatever. Right. Versus like what like the thought reinforcement would be is like my actions create more of my desires. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And that's why I think it was helpful for me to like write it down in terms of like this is this these are some breakdowns of like how that could happen because obviously yeah. like booking more calls, clients, whatever is like things that I can like directly impact and am currently, right? Like I'm like doing all the things. I like show up on the social media, I show up on stories, I know what I need to like be talking about and sharing. And so like seeing that, like, you know, even how you were talking about like the dream house, like I had to enter. Like yes. Nobody was just going to show up at my door and be like, oh, my God, you won. You won. Yeah. I know you didn't um, enter this, but, like, you won. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, yeah. And so just, like, you're right, connecting it to the actions of, like, what what action can I take here? And, like, fall, I always tell my clients, like, follow the breadcrumbs of, like, what feels good. It doesn't matter if it doesn't completely make sense or you don't fully know, like, how it's all coming together, but just, like, trust. And that's, like, literally always worked for me, too. Totally. And the more you believe and like reinforce in your brain and your brain really starts to take in like my actions create more of my desires, then you you just even feel different in taking the action. Like mm-hmm. you showing up on stories or having the call or whatever just feels so much more exciting than like I just need to like mark off this box that I did my mm. stories today. It's like my stories – today will very likely create more of the things I desire. Like that's where shit gets motivating. Like my actions are all a sign that it's working basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then nothing has to be tied to like one action or post or whatever. It's just like the sum. Yeah. Just like every action I take leads me more towards my desires or creates more of my desires. Including napping. Everyone. (laughs) That's that's one of my new favorites. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But, like, that's – I mean, just to tease you there, see how, like, you actually do probably already believe that's true. Yeah, 
I mean, I have no qualms about taking naps. Yeah, because you're like, oh, this gets me more of what I want. But in business, sometimes that falters. Yeah. So it's just good to be like, oh, I have that locked in somewhere else where, of course, Mm -hmm. I would let myself take a nap because I see how it gets me more of what I want. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think like the – the win of today was like seeing how having Mila home also gets to be part of that too. Yeah. Of like, oh, like I can still do some, like I can go to Lacey's live stream and I can show up for my coaching call and I can figure out a way to like give Mila something that like feels good to her and then we can still spend time together and all of that gets to again be part of it all working. Because why not? Yep. Yep, totally. And then whatever action I take, whether it's coming to this coaching call or getting on a story or whatever, like I still see that as moving me forward instead of seeing Mm -hmm. it as like, oh, I got less actions done today than I would have wanted to or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's like, nope, those move me forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where my, that's where my cute brain likes to go when it's in a sad place. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I I didn't do my to-do list. I didn't do it. (laughs) Right. And we're like, the to-do list is not the thing, brain. Yeah. Right. And instead I'm like, oh, look at the ways I can like move stuff around and like, yeah, like I hate – like, you know, I have a call tomorrow that like I had to email her and be like, we're going to need to reschedule this because, you know, I don't know. And who knows? Maybe this iPad thing is like working out. Like maybe we don't have to reschedule it. Um, but like, you know, like I'm allowed to be disappointed about that and like also know that it's going to be fine. And if like, you know, for some reason she's like, I don't want to reschedule, then like that's fine. You know, like the other human gets to be at choice too and I can still book more calls and – It'll be great. And more likely it'll just be rescheduled and it'll be totally fine. And like, again, even just like, what's your power in that? Like, can you, I'm sure you did, but I'm just using this as an example, but it's like, can you give her three times? Can you follow up if you need to? Can you? Yep. Whatever. And it's just seeing it as like, I, yes, she's at choice, but I influence a lot of it too. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And it's funny because like, I literally do all of those things, but I like, just don't. Like it I don't, con- I don't connect. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not connecting that to all of these things or like ways that I'm making it work. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Because yeah, like I do follow up, and I'm like, hey, just want to check back. Like, so yeah, I, it comes down to like giving myself more credit and making the connections right. of like exactly. these actions that I'm taking. Literally, all get to me, and it's working. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe I'll start like doing all the things and being like, Lacey says this means it's working. Lacey says this means it's working. Well, or even like going, I mean, going and like looking for evidence elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like to be like, I mean, this is just like a silly example that's coming up to me, but it's like, if you work out, you get stronger. (laughs) Right. It's hard not to be consistent with it. Yeah. You – that's not a magical thing. That's just how that fucking works. Or, like, mm-hmm. if you eat healthier, you feel better. That's not a magical yep. thing. That's how it works. Like, just find the other places of evidence where it's, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this is actually how this works kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Or even, like, if you apply to enough jobs, eventually someone hires you. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> right? Like at some point you get a job. Well, and it's funny because for you that feels like truth, but you could see how for someone else they could have decided that's not true. Yeah. 100%. So well, it's just like, like cool to see yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good reminder too. Because like I have evidence of all these ways that it's like worked out. And like I can look back on all these life experiences that I've had where like even when shitty things happened, it still worked out. So – why can't yep. that be true in my business? I just need to remember I'm still in the middle of the story, Lacey. I'm still in the middle. 100%. That's why I can't see the hindsight. And as well, long as I'm in this business chapter, I will always be in the middle of the story. When I close I was just the business say, chapter. Well, you're kind of always going to be in a learning chapter in business. And like yeah. it's almost like the embracing of that, right? Yeah. Mm. Oh, look at that. Word of the year again. Yeah. It Embrace. won't be until I close the business chapter, which hopefully will be far down the road. But I'll be able to look back and go, oh, this is how it all served. So. Well, I think you'll get you'll get clear pictures of that at different yeah, points yeah, yeah. along the way. But like something new will always, yeah, evolve. You know, I imagine that like infertility <laughs> is very much like that. Parenting is very much like that. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's just like there's always another thing, but it doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you don't feel like you get perspective, but you're also still in it. And there's like, yeah. where there's, whereas there's like seasons of my life where like I've really closed the door on those. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is how this was like setting me up for XYZ or like serves me in this way. And obviously it's like meaning that I all assign to the thing. For sure. Right. But even that was like such a big piece of my infertility journey, which is a good reminder too of like my power of like, when things got really bad, I literally was like, this feels meaningless. And I just wanted to have like something that feels good to like give it meaning. And like eventually that became starting my business. But in the beginning, it was just like, how can I find joy today? How can I find gratitude today? And like those little things like gave my journey meaning where there was none. And that was literally me choosing and taking action towards that. Yep. 100%. And like you had to make that choice and you had to take the action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nobody was like, here's the meaning of your infertility. Nobody still has done. There's no angels that have come down from high being like, Here's the meaning. I'm like, okay, well, I just like made it up because that's what felt good to me. <laughs> exactly. A hundred percent. So good. So, okay. Yeah. So start this week, start offering the one-off sessions. I really want you to keep playing with that idea of like actions connected okay. to outcomes. I feel like that's so, so, so huge right now, but obviously do that through starting the one-off sessions. Tell me what else comes up and we will go from there. Okay. That sounds good. Thank Beautiful. you so much. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.